Good morning, and welcome to Kingdom Testimony. Happy Monday. Yeehaw. Uh, it is September 13th, 2021. Crazy. Summer's almost over. Uh, in some parts of the country, it appears it is. We are still in the upper 90s, but only for another few days. Then we're going to get around 90, and it's going to get nice. Okay, we're on Enoch, chapter 91. Ooh, the end is in sight. Uh, let's see. He, we got done with that really long vision, or dream, uh, that Enoch had about the bulls and the, all that business. So, and he was telling that to his son Methuselah. Remember, he was given a year to return back to where his family lived and from wherever Enoch, you know, was taken to or living or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So there we go. All righty. Chapter 91. And now, my son Methuselah, call to me all thy brothers and gather together to me all the sons of thy mother. For the word calls me, and the Spirit is poured out upon me, that I may show you everything that shall befall you forever. Bet they were a little freaked out. The world just began, and it's like, it's ending already? Wow. And thereupon Methuselah went and summoned to him all his brothers and assembled his relatives. And he spake unto all the children of righteousness and said, Hear ye, sons of Enoch. All the words of your father, and hearken aright to the voice of my mouth. For I exhort you and say unto you, Beloved, love uprightness and walk therein. And draw not nigh to uprightness with a double heart, and associate not with those of a double heart. But walk in righteousness, my sons, and it shall guide you on, a, on good paths, and righteousness shall be your companion. Now the people on the earth at this time are... Adam and Eve's kids were Cain, Abel, and Seth. They, of course, had daughters, but only the boys were um, recorded because they were the heads of the families. They were the ones who took care of everything. It wasn't that, it's not that God is sexist. It's just that that's the order he made things. He created man first, so he was having history recorded through the lineage of man. Okay? I don't have a problem with it. Now, remember, Abel was killed. So on the earth is the descendants of two sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Seth. By this time, they're probably both dead. Cain had Enoch, which is the bad Enoch. Seth had Enosh. They were having a hard time coming up with names. Then Cain, Cain's Enoch had Irad, Mahujel, Methushael, Ada, no, Lamech, he had a Lamech also, and on and on it went. <clears throat> and a, he had a Tubal Cain that killed his father. Tubal Cain married, um, married a relative of one of Seth's boys, a daughter somewhere along the line, and 
Tubal Cain and his grandfather Cain killed Lamech. No. Then Lamech killed Tubal Cain. Okay, I got that. There's something going on there, but there was a lot of killing within the family of Cain. Like they just started killing each other. Now the good son, of course, is of course is Seth, and it's Enosh, Cainan, Mahalalel, Jared, and then the good Enoch, and then Melusalah, Methuselah, and then another Lamech, and then Noah. All right. So this is the these are the people that they're talking about here. For I know that violence must increase on the earth, and a great chastisement be executed on the earth, and all unrighteousness come to an end. Now they're also referring to the giants which were birthed, I mean, the, the giants that were birthed through human women um, <clears throat> from the fallen angels, okay? That's, that's where a lot of this violence is coming from in bloodshed. And unright the unrighteousness, I believe, is from the bad son, Cain. The violence and bloodshed, I think, is referring to from the giants because they were, well, carnivals. Car carnivorous <laughs> carnivores okay verse 6 and unrighteousness shall again be consummated on the earth and all the deeds of unrighteousness and of violence and transgression shall prevail in a twofold degree and when sin and unrighteousness and blasphemy and violence and all kinds of deeds increase and apostasy and transgression and uncleanness increase apostasy of course can only be done by fully human people a great chastisement shall come from heaven upon all these and the holy lord will come forth with wrath and chastisement to execute judgment on earth all right bad stuff going on on the earth in those days violence shall be cut off from its roots and the roots roots of unrighteousness together with deceit and they shall be destroyed from under heaven and all the idols of the heathen shall be abandoned, and the temples burn with fire. Apparently they built temples to burn incense to the fallen angels, right? And they shall remove them from the whole earth, and they shall be cast into the judgment of fire, and shall perish in wrath and in grievous judgment forever. And the righteous shall arise from their sleep, and wisdom shall arise and be given unto them. Okay, now it's appearing that either they were shown this was going to happen in the future, but they thought it was going to be the near future, and it was really to come after the Great Tribulation, or she's talking about destruction and don't know that the flood's going to be first. And after that, the roots of unrighteousness shall be cut off, and the sinner shall be destroyed by the sword shall be cut off from the blasphemers in every place, and those who plan violence and those who commit blasphemy shall perish by the sword. And now I tell you, my sons, and show you the paths of righteousness and the paths of violence. Yea, I will show them to you again, that you may know what will come to pass. And now hearken unto me, my sons, and walk in the paths of righteousness, and walk not in the paths of violence. For all who walk in the paths of unrighteousness shall perish forever. Okay, not only the, the Nephilim, but the humans. Chapter 92. The book written by Enoch for all my children who shall dwell on the earth, 
and for the future generations who shall observe uprightness and peace. Let not your spirit be troubled on account of the times, for the Holy and Great One has appointed days for all things. And the righteous one shall arise from sleep, shall arise and walk in the paths of righteousness, and all his path and conversation shall be in eternal goodness and grace. He will be gracious to the righteous and give him eternal uprightness, and he will give him power so that he shall be endued with goodness and righteousness, and he shall walk in eternal light. And sin shall perish in darkness forever and shall no more be seen from that day forevermore. Okay, the righteous one being Jesus Christ and those that are given goodness and righteousness, body of Christ. Chapter 93 has the heading, Ascension of Jesus Prophesied. Ooh. All right, and after that, Enoch both gave and began to recount from the books. And Enoch said, Concerning the children of righteousness and concerning the elect of the world. I wonder if that's two different groups. Don't know. And concerning the plant of uprightness, I will speak these things. Yea, I, Enoch, will declare them unto you, my sons. According to that which appeared to me in the heavenly vision, and which I have known through the word of the holy angels, and have learnt from the heavenly tablets. And Enoch began to recount from the books, and said, I was born the seventh in the first week, while judgment and righteousness still endured. And after me there shall arise in the second week great wickedness, and deceit shall have sprung up, and in it there shall be the first end, and in it a man shall be saved, and after it is ended unrighteousness shall grow up, and a law shall be made for the sinners. And after that in the third week, at its close, a man shall be elected as the plant of righteous judgment, and his posterity shall become the plant of righteousness forevermore. And after that, in the fourth week, at its close, visions of the holy and righteous shall be seen, and the law for all generations and an enclosure shall be made for them. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> okay, now before we get ahead of ourselves, there's ten weeks. He's talking about possibly ten millennial? Millennia? I don't know. All right. An enclosure made for the holy and righteous. Cool. And after that, in the fifth week, at its close, the house of glory and dominion shall be built forever. And after that, in the sixth week, all who live in it shall be blinded, and the hearts of all of them shall godlessly forsake wisdom. Hmm. And in it a man shall ascend, and at its close the house of dominion shall be burned with fire. And the whole race of the chosen root shall be dispersed. And after that, in the seventh week, shall an apostate generation arise, and many shall be its deeds, and all its deeds shall be apostate. I think that possibly they, the, the author, the editor, thinks that that's talking about the time we're living in now. And at its close shall be elected the elect righteous of the eternal plant of righteousness to receive sevenfold instruction concerning all his creation. For who is there of all the children of men that is able to hear the voice of the Holy One without being troubled? And who can think his thoughts? And who is there that can behold all the works of heaven? And how should there be one who could behold the heaven? And who is there that can, could understand the things of heaven and see a soul or a spirit and could tell thereof? 
or ascend and see all their ends and think them or do like them? And who is there of all men that could know what is the breadth and length of the earth, and to whom has been shown the measure of all of them? Or is there any one who could discern the length of the heaven, and how great is its height, and upon what it is founded, and how great is the number of the stars where all the luminaries and where all the luminaries rest? And after that there shall be another, the eighth week, that of righteousness, and a sword shall be given to it, that a righteous judgment may be executed on the oppressors, and sinners shall be delivered into the hands of the righteous. And at its close they shall acquire houses through their righteousness. John 14, I go to prepare a house for you, a mansion for you. And a house shall be built for the great king in glory forevermore. That, of course, being, I think, the new Jerusalem. And all mankind shall look to the path of uprightness. And after that, in the ninth week, the righteous judgment shall be revealed to the whole world. And all the works of the godless shall vanish from all the earth and the world shall be written down for destruction. And after this, in the tenth week, in the seventh part, there shall be the great eternal judgment, in which he will execute vengeance amongst the angels. And the first heaven shall depart and pass away, and a new heaven shall appear, and all the powers of the heavens shall give sevenfold light. And after that, there will be many weeks without number forever, and all shall be in goodness and righteousness, and shin, sin shall no more be mentioned forever. Wow. So it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on, of course. But it's not just like this boring eternity. It's like um, like God, the first week God created, you know, the, the seven days or whatever. Um, we don't know what a week it is. It's not like 24 hours is one day, 24 hours is the next. It's God's time. <clears throat> but this is pretty cool because um, sin will be done away with. This is everybody's last chance to um, be proved and judged because of their ways. We all have free will. If the angels have free will, you dang right, we have free will. And all mankind shall look to the path of uprightness. And after that, in the ninth week, the righteous judgment shall be revealed. Huh. Very cool. All right. I like that chapter. Chapter 93. And now I say unto you, my sons, love righteousness and walk therein. For the paths of righteousness are worthy of acceptation. But the paths of unrighteousness shall suddenly be destroyed and vanish. And to certain men of a generation shall the paths of violence and of death be revealed to certain men of a generation. And they shall hold themselves afar from them and shall not follow them. That's supposed to be us. And now I say unto you, the righteous, walk not in the paths of wickedness, nor on the paths of death, and draw not nigh to them, lest ye be destroyed. But seek and choose for yourselves righteousness and an elect life, and walk in the paths of peace, and ye shall live and prosper. It's a really noisy bird out there. And hold fast my words in the thoughts of your hearts, and suffer them not to be effaced from your hearts. For know that sinners will tempt men to evilly entreat wisdom, so that no place may be found for her, and no manner of temptation may minish. 
Woe to those who build unrighteousness and oppression and lay deceit as a foundation. For they shall be suddenly overthrown and they shall have no peace. Woe to those who build their houses with sin. For from all their foundations shall they be overthrown. And by the sword shall they fall. And those who acquire gold and silver in judgment suddenly shall perish. I heard a neat thing. Um, just, I was watching a YouTube uh, thousands of roots, they do an off-grid um, living kind of thing, like like I'm trying to do up here. I'm just getting started, but they're like five, six years in. <clears throat> but the Lord led me to their channel because I was looking for a good Christian channel, um, you know, to learn some techniques and things from. And they're in Missouri. I'm in Arizona. I mean, the climate's completely different. But um, he was saying that you know, this guy wanted to acquire as much gold as he could. And so he did. He sold everything he had and acquired gold. And when he got to heaven, St. Peter, you know, proverbially at the gate, said, what do you, why did you, uh, why did you sell everything you have for just a bunch of pavement? Yeah, it's funny. So, yeah, I mean, that's all gold is. In heaven, <clears throat> it's walked on. It's not worth anything. Of course, God's gold is different, but... So, I just, it makes me think of that verse, you know, do not store up your treasures on earth where moth and rust will destroy, but store up treasure in heaven, which lasts forever. Okay, let's get back to it. Woe to you! Ye rich, for ye have trusted in your riches, and from your riches shall ye depart. Because ye have not remembered the Most High in the days of your riches, you have committed blasphemy and unrighteousness, and have become ready for the day of slaughter, and the day of darkness, and the day of great judgment. Thus I speak and declare unto you, He who hath created you will overthrow you, and for your fall there shall be no compassion, and your Creator will rejoice at your destruction. And your righteous ones in those days shall be a reproach to the sinners and the godless. That's what your money's worth. Nothing. Um, just fleshly pleasures. We all know you can't take it with you. Chapter 95. Oh, that my eyes were a cloud of waters that I may weep over you. Sounds like Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah 9.1. Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears. wonder if Jeremiah was reading Enoch. Hmm? That I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Okay, chapter 95. Oh, that my eyes were a cloud of waters that I might weep over you and pour down my tears as a cloud of waters so that I might rest from my trouble of heart. Who has permitted you to practice reproaches and wickedness? And so judgment shall overtake you, sinners. Fear not the sinners, ye righteous, for again will the Lord deliver them into your hands, that you may execute judgment upon them according to your desires. Enoch is lamenting over the sinners because that's his relatives, that's his cousins. And it's sad what has happened to the earth. Woe to you who fulminate anathemas which cannot be reversed. Healing shall therefore be far from you because of your sins. Woe to you who requite your neighbor with evil. For you shall be requited according to your works. 
Woe to you, lying witnesses, and to those who weigh out injustice, for suddenly shall you perish. Woe to you, sinners, for you per persecute the righteous, for you shall be delivered up and persecuted because of injustice, and heavy shall its yoke be upon you. Chapter 96. More woes. Be hopeful, you righteous, for suddenly shall the sinners perish before you, and you shall have lordship over them according to your desires. That'll be cool. And in the day of the tribulation of the sinners, your children shall mount and rise as eagles, and higher than the vultures will be your nest. And you shall ascend and enter the crevices of the earth and the clefts of the rock forever as conies before the unrighteous. And the sirens shall sigh because of you and weep. Wherefore fear not, ye that have suffered, for healing shall be your portion. And a bright light shall enlighten you, and the voice of rest shall ye shall hear from heaven. Cool. Woe unto you, ye sinners, for your riches make you appear like the righteous, but your hearts convict you of being sinners, and this fact shall be a testimony against you for a memorial of your evil deeds. Woe to you who devour, devour the finest of the wheat, and drink wine in large bowls, and tread underfoot the lowly with your might. Woe to you who drink water from every fountain, for suddenly shall you be consumed and wither away, because you have forsaken the fountain of life. Woe to you who work unrighteousness and deceit and blasphemy. It shall be a memorial against you for evil. Woe to you, you mighty, who with might oppress the righteous, for the day of your destruction is coming. In those days many and good days shall come to the righteous. In the day of your judgment. Chapter 97 Believe ye righteous. But the sinners will become ashamed and perish in the day of unrighteousness. Be it known unto you, ye sinners, that the Most High is mindful of your destruction, and the angels of heaven rejoice over your destruction. What will you do, you sinners, and whither will ye flee on that day of judgment? When ye hear the voice of the prayer of the righteous, yea, ye shall fare unto, like unto them, against whom this word shall be a testimony. You have been companions of sinners. And in those days the prayer of the righteous shall reach unto the Lord, and for you the days of your judgment shall come. And all the words of your unrighteousness shall be read out before the great Holy One, and your faces shall be covered with shame. And he will reject every work which is grounded on unrighteousness. Woe to you, you sinners who live in the, on the mid-ocean and on the dry land, whose remembrance is evil against you. Woe to you who acquire silver and gold in unrighteousness and say, We have become rich with riches and have possessions and have acquired everything we have desired. And now let us do what we purposed. For we have gathered silver and many are the husbandmen in our houses and our granaries are brimful as with water. Yea, and like water your lies shall flow away for your riches shall not abide but speedily ascend from you. For you have acquired it in all unrighteousness and you shall be given over to a great curse. It's the end of chapter 97. Having money is not a bad thing. It's your motives behind it. If all you want to live for is money and nice things, and you don't care whose head you trampled at your job to get promotions, or, um, you know, like the meek and lowly, of the Beatitudes that Jesus talks about, blessed are the meek. Those are the people who have consciously decided they don't really 
give a crap about being rich. They just want to enjoy life. They, you know, they love the Lord. I'm not saying every, <clears throat> every homeless person is, you know, is a follower of Jesus. But there's a lot of the poor people that are just, they, they just want to follow the Lord. You know, they've realized that that riches aren't really worth anything. I have to tell you what happened on Saturday. I went into town, and I went to the grocery store, the one I, I typically go to. Um, it's kind of on the edge of town. It's where the interstate, there's an exit off the interstate, and so there's a truck stop there and a bunch of fast food places and... And it's not really the, any part of the main town. Um, and there's a grocery store, you know, to the to the north of there. And so I pulled into the grocery store. Um, and they have water machines out there, filtered water. So I was getting some water. And I saw this this cart on the on the side of the road, right where I pulled in, and this gal was sitting on the ground with her feet straight out leaned up against the cart and this cart was stacked high with like homeless looking belongings but I mean it was stacked nicely and I thought well that's kind of different she's just like sitting there and there was a little sign <clears throat> on the side that said headed east to start a new life or something like that so I thought okay well after I get my water you know maybe I'll swing by and and give her you know, a little bit of money or something. And as I swung back around, I passed this guy that was picking up cans or trash or something in this little field area next to where she was sitting. And it wasn't really cans. It was just like he was just decided to clean up the yard area. And it's desert, so... You know, it's not green grass, mowed, manicured. It's just weeds and rocks. So I pulled up beside her and I got out and I was, and I looked at her at the sign and I said, oh, you're heading east, huh? And um, yeah, I handed her some money and she said, oh, thank you. Well, I just happened to put on my t-shirt that says, y'all need Jesus. And the last time I wore that t-shirt, another or out and about town, <clears throat> another very interesting thing happened, which I can tell you about another time. It's kind of lengthy, but so she's like, oh, I like your shirt, you know, so we started talking. I'm like, oh, you're Christian. She's like, yeah, and she said, me and my husband, he's over there, and it was the guy that was cleaning up the trash, and she said, we're headed to Tennessee, and we're just going to talk about Jesus to people along the way, and we're just going to start a new life, and live off the land, and I was just like, wow. She's, and she said, yeah, we just want to, we just want to talk about the Lord, and, you know, and just, and talk to people, and, you know, I, it was just, it blessed, she blessed me more than I blessed her, I think. I don't know, it was maybe a contest. And so we just started talking about the Lord, and it was so neat, because, you know, I've stopped and talked about, and then, you know, she gave me a hug, and I gave her my email, and I said, just let me know how it's going. I really want to know how it's going for you guys. I just 
Mom's envious, you know, although even that's what I'm trying to do up here, but Tennessee, how pretty. But, um, and we just started talking about the Lord and both of us got choked up and it was just cool. So you never know who is on the side of the road. You just never know. I approached a guy in, I took a trip over to Flagstaff. Um, it was really hot and I just wanted to run up there and, and just cool off. And <clears throat> of course it's up in elevation, so it's cooler and I saw a homeless guy sitting on a bench. And so I was going to give him a little bit of money. And I said, do you know Jesus? And he told me basically to get the F away from him unless I had money. And I was like, okay. And he said, I will listen to you if you give me money. Otherwise, get, you know, F off, get the F away from me. I was like, oh boy, I didn't give him money. And I said, okay, have a nice day. And he had crazy in his eyes. There was crazy going on. Um, I'm not going to say it was evil. You know, people are affected by evil. And they, they, they do bad things. You know, and um, I'm not quick to say... Even, I mean, even if they're completely taken over and demon-possessed, Jesus delivered that guy that had a legion of demons inside of him, you know? No one is lost until after they die. So, um, anyway, so I was just like, okay. <sighs> I backed away. He, he kind of looked like if I stayed too much longer, he was going to do something not very nice. So... You know, I don't go out and, and try to help homeless people in the dark. I think that's just foolish. But in public, yeah. And I've been so blessed. You know, I find atheists. I find Christians. I, I find people who believe in whatever kind of higher power, you know. And it's interesting. And it takes a lot of guts. Not going to lie. It takes a lot of guts. I don't just do this like all the time. Oh, I'm so confident, blah, blah, blah. No, it takes guts. But every now and then the Lord will say, give that person five bucks. That one, that one right over there. You know, or give that person over there a 20. I'm like, 20? Okay. Um, and, you know, but I just do it. So, and I go on faith. Um, okay. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to read chapter, uh, it's, we're already at 31. I'm not going to read chapter 98. Um, it's a little long, but 99 and 100 um, are lengthy also. Um, and then after that, it gets into some really cool stuff at the end of the book here. But I'm going to stop at 97. So we read 91 to 97, and I think that's good for today. Um, we don't have far to go. We don't have far to go. And it's cool. It's exciting. Oops, I hope I didn't make a loud thing on the... All right. So I'm going to leave it at that. It's a Monday. Um, there's plenty enough to do. I was just out 
raking up a patch of ground I have in the back for straw. Got two bales of straw over a year's worth of dead grass. So that's pretty pretty cool. I was going to buy some straw and I and I had it right out there. Just had to put my boots on. So but anyway, all right. I will uh I'll leave you with that. Well, you know what? I have a couple of minutes. I'll tell you about the last time I wore my Y'all Need Jesus t-shirt. So, June of 2019, first moved back here. I decided to take a long drive. I had nothing going on one certain day. And it was really nice out. And so I thought, I'm going to take a long drive out in the country. And so I did. And... So I was driving along, and I and it was uh, all of a sudden it was it started getting hotter and hotter. It was like ninety five degrees out, and I passed this blonde haired kid. I would say he was maybe in his early twenties, and well, a young man, and he was um, walking along with a bottle of water. You know, all he was wearing was gym shorts and a t shirt. It's like okay, uh. Blonde hair, and as I passed him, I just kind of glanced at him, and he was talking to himself, and then he looked away. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you're walking in the hot sun, yeah. And it wasn't out in the country yet. There was a little subdivision over there, so I was like, okay. So then I drove a ways, and then I stopped at this little convenience store, and I was in there. They have a little gift shop, and I was looking around, and I went to the bathroom, and I got something to eat, and, and I came out. And as I was driving again, I passed him again. And he, his, he didn't have any water anymore. He must have drank it all and tossed the bottle. By this time, it's like 98 degrees out. <clears throat> like, okay, that's not good. And as I passed him, he was talking to himself again. And I got a good look at his face. And his face was red. And I, was like, I thought, oh, he's getting overheated. That's not good. And I passed him, and the Lord nudged me, and he said, don't you have frozen water bottles in your cooler? Because I knew I was going on a long drive. I was like, oh, yeah, I do. Yes, I do. And he said, well, what are you going to do? And I could tell the Lord was saying, give him a ride. And this, by this time, we're out in the country. This is out in the country. There's no towns for... Uh, about 45 miles. I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to die. So I turned around and I went back and I rolled down my window. And it's divided highway. So I had to get over and then over again. And and it's not an interstate, it's just a highway. So I pulled up next to him and I handed him, handed him a bottle of half-frozen water. And it was a refreeze bottle. So it was a larger Gatorade bottle that I refroze. And I said, I saw you were out of water, thought, you know, it's too hot out here. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks. You know, so I handed it to him, and, and I said, okay, you know, I just don't, don't want you to dehydrate. And then I turn around, get back on the highway. I'm heading east again. And the Lord was like, what, the Lord's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, that, that kid's going to walk 45 miles with just a one bottle of water. I was like, and it was a bigger size Gatorade bottle. I'm like, Lord, I don't pick up hitchhikers. That's dangerous. And he's like, you go back there and you give them a ride. You're going in the same direction. 
It's like, okay. <gasps> so I pulled over and I prayed for a while and I prayed. I mean, I had gone about a mile up the road. I prayed and I prayed. I was like, oh, this is not good. <clears throat> so, and I, I had my uh, Honda CRV at the time. So I just kind of looked like a housewife in a Honda, you know. Now I have a truck, but. So I turned around, and I went back, and I pulled on the side of the road, and I said, where are you going? And he said, Texas. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I just had a bird hit the window. It scared me. And I said, okay, um, I can give you a ride up to the nearest town that's on the interstate. And he's like, are you sure? And I said, yes. I mean, he was only wearing gym shorts. He obviously didn't have a gun. He was the age of one of my older nephews I'm like yes yes I can he's like okay you know so he gets in and um and I looked and I was like where's your bottle of water I gave you and he's like well I threw it I'm like oh you thought I already drank off it and he's like yeah I'm sorry I was like no no it's no problem so he's kind of laughing so I turn around and we head east and I started talking to him and I asked him you know what's what's your story and his dad had just kicked him out, um, and he knew a couple of people in Texas. So he was going to walk to Texas, or hitchhike, or whatever, and find his friends and live there. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, well, I can, you know, take you 45 miles, you know. And, and the more we talked, I mean, he just started talking about his dad. I, I took um, master's degree courses I was going for um, Christian counseling in my master's I was I got I had about a year and a half in and then the Lord said that's all you need and so I re was remembering the techniques from just the year before I quit in 2018 and so I was like asking him questions just trying to find out you know what what's this guy about and he started talking in the third person about somebody else and I realized he was talking about himself and then he started talking about his childhood. And I was thinking, I need to stop using these techniques because this is starting to concern me. And then he was talking about himself and his childhood in the third person. And then he was describing himself as somebody else. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord in heaven, <clears throat> this guy has dissociative disorder, um, otherwise known as multiple personalities. And when he started talking about a certain incident that happened to him in his childhood, he started getting very angry. So he's, so this man is sitting next to me in the seat, and he's getting very angry. And, and I'm like, technique, technique, diffuse, diffuse. And so I'm, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, wow, that sounds like it would have been awful. You know, and the Lord was like, tell him about me. I'm like, okay, we'll just change the subject. And so I asked him, I said, do you, do you, I mean, I prayed about that several times, of course, but I was like, so do you know, do you know Jesus? I was wearing my y'all need Jesus t-shirt. And he looked at me and said, yeah, I saw your t-shirt. And he's like, he's like, why would you pick up a hitchhiker? And I said, because you would have died out here in the heat. And he's like, I wouldn't have died. I'm like, yeah, I think you would have. But I said, because the Lord told me to, he said to pick up that young man, he needs a ride. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, he did. Oh, okay. You know, and, and I said, you know, do you know Jesus? And he said, well, 
you know, I kind of went to church a couple times when I was younger, but he was abused as a boy. I already heard the whole story. He was, he was very badly abused by his mother. Not good for me sitting there, motherly figure. And so he's like, yeah, you know, but I, I just, you know, I really don't know if, if he's really, you know, there for me or anything like that. And I, and I just, the Lord just kind of took over at that point. It's like, if you step out in faith, the Holy Spirit will show up. And he just kind of took over. And he, I remember him, the Lord saying, now I sound like I have dissociative disorder. I remember him saying to this young man, his name was Jay, um, you know, the Lord loves you. Jesus loves you. And he was with you when all of those things were happening to you as a child. He was with you. And all of a sudden, this young man, he went through every emotional gamut there was smiling, mad, angry, and then now he was crying. You know, and I'm like, oh, wow, what did I get myself into? And we still had 16 miles to go, you know, and it just kept going like that. And I said, you know, Jay, you need to realize that you haven't been alone through all of these bad things in your life. You know, and that's kind of one of the only things I remember saying. The rest of it was just like the Holy Spirit was saying things. And there wasn't a, you know, a lot of long, you know, empty conversation pauses, quiet times. You know, it was just gentle conversation, which was fine with me. So we got to the where the highway comes up to and intersects with the interstate. And there's a little town there. And so I stopped at the gas station. I said, well, this is where, you know, I'm just going for a long drive today. This is where I head back west. And he's like, no, that's fine. That's fine, you know. And, and I said, can I buy you something to eat? And he's like, no, I'm good. I got a couple bucks. I'm, I'm fine. I said, how much money do you have? And he pulls out $8 out of his little gym short, little mesh pocket. And I said, you have $8? And he's like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm fine. I'll be fine. <clears throat> And I said, okay, well, if you want let me buy you something to eat, then I'm, I'm, you know, I'll help you out a little bit. So he got out of the car. I reached back into my purse in the back seat. And I didn't know what I was grabbing. I, I had gone to the bank recently, and I just, I grabbed a bill and pulled it out, and it was a $100 bill. And the Lord was like, yes, that has his name on it. So I folded it up, and I got outside of the car. And I walked up to him, and he was just standing there. And I said, Jay, do you want to receive Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior? And it's, it's neat about people who have mental disorders because they don't really care so much about what's going on around them, you know? They're too involved with what has happened in their life. And he said, yeah, I would. How, how would I do that? And so we're standing in a parking lot of a gas station, a busy gas station. And I said, you just repeat after me. And then I, I prayed the sinner's prayer with them. And then I said, now you need to follow Jesus and you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. That's how you complete it. And then the Holy Spirit can later, you know, lead him to get baptized or whatever. But I was like, I'm in a parking lot in a desert. There's no way to baptize this. No way to baptize this kid. And I knew he would have did it if I'd offered. And so... He closed his eyes and he prayed the sinner's prayer with me. And 
And he opened his eyes and he was smiling from ear to ear and his tears in his eyes and tears in my eyes. And I gave him a, I gave him the hundred dollar bill and he's like, oh, wow. Oh man. Wow. Oh, wow. Are you sure? You know? And I was like, yes, I'm sure the Lord wants you to have that. And he's like, oh man. You know? So he's like, thanks. And he starts walking, you know, back in and walking away toward the store. I'm like, okay, will you take care of yourself? He's like, okay, I will, thanks, you know. And so he's backing away, and I'm backing toward my car, you know, and he starts walking toward the store, and then he turns around, and he holds his arms way out, you know, like, give me a hug. And so I walked over to him, and I gave him a, he just gave me this huge bear hug. I get choked up just even thinking about it. And he's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, you are welcome. And he turned around and he walked in the store and that was it. And I got in my car and I drove away. And about a block away, I burst into tears. Because I was, I was thinking, excuse me, oh lordy. I was thinking that's probably the most mothering he's had in the last 20 years. I don't know, but that's the way it felt to me. And it just kept going through me that that's the most mothering he's had in a really long time, you know? And I was like, I will never forget Jay. I will never forget Jay, and I haven't. And I hope he made it to Texas okay. And I hope he's still walking with the Lord, you know? And I put it in the Lord's hands and then, and I left and I felt like I was floating on a cloud all the way back to town. You know, I had probably about an hour's drive back. And uh, yeah, it was just such a blessing. And so I love that t-shirt, y'all need Jesus. And I wear it every now and then, but every time I do, I pray that the Lord will have me bless somebody with it. So there's the end of my story. Sorry I kept you so long, but anywho, all right, I'm going to let you go and you all have a blessed day.